It is a pleasure to be with you this morning here in Castro Valley. Ahmed was a boy who grew up in a Middle Eastern country. In the village where he grew up, he had his friends, and by the time he got to high school, Ahmed began to wonder and question if his religion really was the right religion. He wondered if there might be something else. He'd heard of Christianity. He'd heard of Jesus, who was called a prophet. And he wondered, what's that about a cross? What's, what's about Jesus? So as a good inquisitive young man in high school, he went to a city close by and went to an Anglican church and knocked on the door and the priest answered. And Ahmed said, can you tell me about Jesus? Now, in this particular country, as well as many countries in the Middle East, it's against the law to proselytize or to evangelize. And the priest gave a standard answer. I can't talk to you. You're Muslim. Go away. Now, Ahmed was dejected, but he didn't give up. Uh, some while later, he went to another church, happened to be a Catholic church, and he asked the priest the same question. Can you tell me about Jesus? And the priest gave the same response. No, I can't. You're a Muslim. Go away. Dejected. Rejected. But he tried one more time. He went to an Orthodox church and asked the priest the same question. Can you tell me about Jesus? And he got the same answer. No, I can't. You're a Muslim. Go away. Sadly, no answers. But he didn't give up. He went to a field quite a distance from his village and gathered some big, large, white stones, big ones, and carefully over the course of several weeks laid them in the form of a cross, maybe 15 meters long. And when he finished, he looked to heaven and he said, God, if you exist, and if Jesus is somebody I need to know, would you reveal him to me? We're all familiar with the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on to say that the earth was without form. It, and it was void. It gives the idea of chaos. It gives the idea of nothingness. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. Darkness. The total absence of light. How many of you have ever been in caves when they turn the light off? Isn't that weird? It disorients you. You have no sense of, I remember being in a cave one time, and it was so dark when they turned the lights off, but put my hand in front of my face, you couldn't see a thing. And in that darkness, at the beginning of creation, it says the Spirit of God was hovering. Hovering. If you look at the, 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 the Hebrew of that, the, the sense of that word is the Spirit of God was trembling, moving. The idea of a hen on her eggs, preparing, waiting, getting ready for something. The Spirit of God in that total darkness was waiting for those creative words when God said, let there be light. And there was light. And with light came the opportunity for life. 
In today's world, in dark regions of the world, we find religious persecution, political volatility, human slavery, sex trafficking, hunger, drought, disease, greed, violence, desperation, and fear, uncertainty about life after death, and people are looking for answers. In short, the world is broken today, and all of this is due to sin. One of the core values of the Christian Missionary Alliance is that lost people matter to God, and he wants them found. Lost people. We're all sinners. We're all separated from God because of disobedience. And with that separation comes death. Eternal death. Eternal separation from God. We don't talk too much about hell in our society anymore because it makes people nervous. We don't want to offend people. But the reality is sinners are separated from God. The Bible is clear. Sin is deadly. But the Bible also tells us that God has provided a way back to him. Jesus clearly says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Does that sound exclusivistic to you? Yes, it is. But it is God's way, his chosen way, to bring lost people back to himself. We rejoice in that. We just sang praises, rejoicing and praising God for what he's done through his love for us that has made us part of his eternal family. But with that joy comes some responsibility because Jesus himself tells us in Matthew that we're to go and make disciples of all nations. And then just before he ascended into heaven in Acts 1.8, he tells his disciples and us that after we receive power, we are to be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Motivated by God's love for lost people and empowered by God's Holy Spirit, Alliance workers for over 125 years have been sent by local Alliance churches similar to the three, three crosses here to some of the darkest, most difficult and dangerous places on this planet. Why? Because God loves, God's love motivates us. His commands to, to, to spread that truth really matter. John Stumbo, our newly elected president of just a year ago, calls the alliance to be a Christ-centered Acts 1-8 family. Christ-centered Acts 1-8 family. Allow me to paint a picture for you this morning of this family that you're a part of. As Pastor Larry said, Three Crosses affiliated with the Christian Missionary Alliance. I want you to see the big picture of what God is doing through the Alliance today. A unique aspect of the Alliance is that we plant churches. There are many, many good mission organizations that do a multitude of things, but there are not many who focus primarily on seeing churches planted. Yes, that includes evangelism, that includes discipleship, that includes bringing people into communities of faith, into churches. And what we do is build those churches, train leaders, and at some point in time, we turn leadership over to those national churches. And these national churches around the world today form a global family that we call the Alliance World Fellowship. The map that you see here shows two sets of colors. Those gray areas, the gray countries, are alliance fields, works, where national churches have taken over. 22 of these countries 
have sent their own international workers, their own missionaries, across cultural and country boundaries. The burnt orange areas are places where we have alliance workers from the United States in countries where there are small churches, if any, unable to really reach out, unable to grow and, and, and establish themselves any, in, more stronger, in stronger ways. And we come alongside of them for evangelism, for discipleship, for building the body together. This global alliance we call the Alliance World Fellowship, and it's present in 81 countries around the world today. Here in the United States, this morning, in the US, 37 languages have been used in over 2,000 churches with a little over a half a million people attending an Alliance Church. And this US base sends Alliance workers overseas. Actually, there are 761 Alliance workers who work in 61 countries around the world. 67 countries, I'm sorry. And in this larger Alliance World Fellowship sense, there are 180 languages being used in over 20,000 churches and over 5.5 million people attending, worshiping in an Alliance church somewhere around the world. You are not alone. You're part of a large family that God has brought together. This shaded box that you're looking at is significant because it represents areas with little to no gospel presence. This is where we have sent 82% of our alliance workers serve within this area in over 30 creative access countries where it's not legal to get religious visas to work. Over 30 creative access countries as well as several open countries, 82% of alliance workers sent from the United States work within this shaded area. <clears throat> Let me give you a glimpse today of what the alliance is doing worldwide. Every four minutes, every hour, every day, every week, every month, and every year. There are some incredible things that God is doing in this Alliance family here in the U.S. and around the world. There is one major issue that we face today. It's the issue of access. That may be a little hard for some of you to see in the back, but every white dot represents 25,000 evangelical believers. And as you look at that map, you see that there are some places where there are a lot of white dots. That's great. But conversely, there are a lot of places where there are no dots or very, very few. Access. How close are people to, to hearing about Jesus Christ? How close are people to Jesus' followers who can tell them? Now, let's look, for example, here in the United States. How many people do you think you would have to talk to before you found one person who could tell you who Jesus was in a true and legitimate way? How many? I'm, I can't, you have to yell it out. I can't hear. 20 to 30? Five? Actually... It's six or seven. Depending on where you are in the country, that might be more or less. But that's a national average. It would take six or seven people before you found one person who could tell you truly who Jesus Christ is. Let's go across the Atlantic to this country of Spain. How many Spaniards would you need to talk to before you found one who could tell you who Jesus is? 
100? Try 500. 500 before you found one. If you were like Ahmed looking, it would take you a while to find someone. Let's just cross the Straits of Gibraltar into the country of Morocco. How many Moroccans do you think it would take before you found one? 5,000. No, actually it takes... Is it surprising that Ahmed had difficulty finding someone to tell him about Jesus? 30,000 people in Morocco and even more where Ahmed grew up. The issue of access is clearly the greatest difficulty people have to hear about Jesus Christ. We know that he loves us. We know that he died for us. But what do we do? How does the Alliance respond to that today? Well, today, we're sending workers to places like North Africa, to the Middle East, to cities in northern India where the numbers are really, really low. And we're sending people to North and Central Asia, where it's dark, where people don't, don't know, they, they haven't heard. But even in these dark places where access is minimal, God's Spirit is working. Just as he was at creation, in the darkness, hovering, preparing. In dark places of the world today, God's Holy Spirit is doing things, sometimes that aren't normal and a little difficult for us to understand. Mamet was a good Muslim who grew up in a Middle Eastern city. He did his five prayers every day. He gave alms to the poor. He did everything. And he was preparing to do his, annual, he was preparing to do his pilgrimage to Mecca. Every Muslim must go to Mecca at least once in their lifetime if they're able to. So for years, he saved up his money, and the time came for him to make his pilgrimage. And he was so excited because he was, he was asking Allah to give him a real blessing, some, something special that would come out of this. And he joined the millions of people who made that pilgrimage that year. And when he got to Mecca, and he got on the bus along with the hundreds of thousands of other people who were there, he gets on the bus, and as he's stepping on the bus, the bus driver turned to him and said, you're not going to find what you're looking for. Didn't pay any attention to it, did his pilgrimage, did the hajj, did the whole thing, but returned to his home very disappointed because nothing happened. There was no blessing. There was no sense of Allah in his life. He did what he was supposed to do, but nothing happened. Mamet met two alliance workers. And over the course of some time, they developed a relationship and they invited him to their house one time for supper. Mamet came, came to the door. They opened the door. He stepped through the threshold and stopped and stared at the wall in front of him. Speechless. Awkward, actually. And finally stammered, how do you have a picture of my bus driver on your wall? Does that happen in the States very often? In the darkness, God's spirit was working. Our workers said, what are you talking about? He told them what was going on. And they said, well, that's a painting of Jesus. Who's that? And that began a process of them explaining and answering his questions. 
the blessing that he had been looking for from his hodge, he discovered when he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. For years, the Alliance has been sending people to difficult places, and today, as in the past, we use effective cutting-edge outreach methods to gain and to provide access. The Alliance Academy of Jordan just opened two weeks ago. A school just outside Amman, Jordan, that provides education. It will eventually provide education K through 12. Grades 1 and 2 just opened two weeks ago. Again, providing good quality education for people who have difficulty affording education. In the Jordanian context, public schools are known to not provide a good education. So private schools pop up all over the place. I was riding down the street one time in central Amman, and there was this big mammoth building, and it was called Modern American School. And the person I was driving with said, it's neither. It's not modern. It's not American. It just has that name because it's a money-making opportunity for the owners. We're providing quality education at affordable prices, which is a good thing but it's done in a Christian context. In this building will be a church, is already a church meeting, a community center, outreach into the community, and the school is one of two or three in the entire country that provide opportunities for handicapped children to be able to get an education. We reach out through community centers in places like Mongolia, in places like North Africa, the Middle East, Europe, Africa itself. And all of those things that you see there are means by which we reach out to people in places where we're not allowed to. We were told in one country, you may not proselytize outside of the church. You may not evangelize in this city, in any, in any Muslim quarter of the city. And it was God who gave us the idea of developing these community centers as a bridge into the community, not for us to go across to the community, but for the community to come to us And in every single one of those outreach ministries, people have come to Christ. How? Because they gain access to Jesus followers who can talk to them. The Alliance also does justice and mercy ministries. And all these different things that you see here are means by which we're reaching out to lost people in the hope of finding ways to provide access to them so that they can hear for the first time often in their lives who Jesus is. Christian Missionary Alliance is a faith denomination. We rely entirely on the prayers and the generosity of God's people, people like you, as you contribute and pray for the things that the Alliance is doing worldwide. Each of us has something that we have to do. You know, water is the source of life. If we didn't have it, it'd be hard to live. But do you know you can drown in two inches of water? If your face is in a puddle and you don't lift it up, you will drown. It's dangerous. It's life, but it's dangerous. Imagine with me an absolutely crystal clear lake and someone floating two inches underwater. They can see the sun, the clouds, the beauty of the sky. They can see people swimming around them. They can see, peop- they can see people on the beach. But if they don't come up two inches, what will happen to them? They will die. I see the church as a lifeboat on this lake. We can see people two inches underwater and simply reach out and bring them to the surface to life. Do you see them? 
We can see people three feet underwater. And we can use a pole to reach down to them and pull them up. And people 10 feet underwater, we can see them too, but we actually have to get out of the boat and go down to them and bring them up. But what about people who live a thousand feet underwater? We can't see them. And it's so dark and cold at that depth, they don't even know that there's a surface. They don't even know what light is. They don't know what air and life is. To reach those people, it seems to me that it takes a special ops unit to get to them. It takes support vessels on the surface to provide support for trained people to go to those depths where it's dark, where it's dangerous, where they work to build relationships with people who are lost and begin to tell them about a surface that exists, about hope, about light, about life, to answer their questions and then to gradually and carefully bring them slowly to the surface, to light and to life. Ahmed graduated from high school, did a few years of university, and then moved to a city and started working in the hotel industry. And he watched as some crazy Americans bought a building across the street from where he lived and renovated it and made it into a community center. Coffee shop, fitness classes, there was ministry to women in poverty, and there were English classes. And because he worked in the hotel industry, English really made a difference, and so he thought, I'll take some classes there and improve my English. And after a few weeks, Ahmed went to Bob, the leader of that particular English class, and said, can we get together and have coffee? And Bob said, sure, that's, that's fine. They sat down. And Ahmed asked Bob the same questions that he had asked those three priests. Can you tell me who Jesus is? Well, that kind of came as a surprise. I mean, that's why we're there. But it came as a surprise because sometimes secret police drop people in. Our visas are NGO visas. And we're, not, we're supposed to run the community center as a community center, which we do. And we have to be careful how quickly we respond to those kinds of questions. And Bob said, why do you ask that? Well, do you know what you did? Do you know what you did? I'm not sure what you mean. You bought a haunted house. What? When you bought the house, weren't there all the windows were broken and there were stones and rocks thrown in everywhere? Yeah. That's because there were evil spirits in that house. The little kids would walk by and throw rocks at the devil like we do on the Hajj. People would walk down the street and they'd get to that house and cross over to the other side of the street and then walk back and then to the other side. They wouldn't go near that house. Don't you know that humans and spirits can't cohabit? Didn't know that. And you paid $250,000 for that, right? I'll bet you thought that was a good deal. Oh, we did and we thought it was a great deal. The owner was so happy to unload it on you stupid Americans. No one would ever buy a haunted house but you're in it. You have the coffee shop, you have the English classes, you have the fitness classes. What did you do? Can you tell me about Jesus? In the dark, God was working in Ahmed's life. 
brought him into contact with someone. He provided access for Ahmed. And Bob explained who Jesus is. Ahmed gave his life to Christ in a wonderful way. You know what Ahmed does today? Disciples other young Arab men who are asking the same questions. Who is Jesus? Is Allah really the right way? He's discipling and answering questions and helping others to, dis- to discover Jesus Christ, to discover life and light. Ahmed now provides access to other lost people. It's amazing what God does. Lost people matter to God, and he wants them found. Here in Castro Valley, here in the greater Bay Area, and around the world, and especially in places that have minimal access to Jesus' followers, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Three Crosses Church, thank you for what you're doing here as you reach out to your community. Thank you for what you do as you support and send and participate in a multitude of mission efforts around the world. Thank you for your support of the Alliance, your prayers, your giving to the Great Commission Fund, your sending, your going, your being involved in those things. Thank you. You do that because you're part of this larger alliance family here in the United States and around the world. Don't stop. Keep going. There are people a thousand feet underwater living in darkness where God's spirit is working in their lives. Work to help create access for those very people. Pastor Larry. Thank you, John. John will be out at our mission center following the service if you'd like to speak with him personally. Uh, And then he'll be shooting out this afternoon and back home and around the world somewhere. But uh, we've appreciated John being here. And, you know, I don't know. I, I wrestle with all of this too. I hope you do too. That there's this giant world out there. And sometimes we just get a little bit a little bit myopic. We we get a little focused on our little world. And there's there's value to that because, you know, like some of us would rather go around the world than across the street to a neighbor that needs Christ. And that's wrong too. But sometimes we get so focused on our little world that we forget that there's a big world out there that have millions and millions of people have never even heard the name Jesus. Doesn't that blow your mind? And you look at those statistics, Spain, Morocco, those are, wow. I mean, you, then you get into the Middle East and the numbers just climb. So we pray as a church, we give, we send. Uh, many of you are a part of our short-term missions projects. Um, we support not only the Christian Missionary Alliance, but other great missions works that are around the world. And, and we need to keep doing that. Um, but, you know, uh, just a couple little things here before we, we're going to receive this offering for our missions projects. But, you know, over this weekend, we, we presented the gospel through the musical Savior. And, I don't know, um, we didn't have the crowds we expected. We thought um, it would really be amazing. And it was an amazing program. Uh, but out of the crowds that did come, there were 50 people, around 50, 48, I think exactly, that, that went out to our little area in the upper lobby and they said, we would like a packet, following Jesus packet. Um, now, I don't know, that, that thrills me because that's 50 people that walked in these doors 
maybe not knowing who Jesus was or not understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ and left here that had a better understanding and the seed is planted in their hearts. And the reality is in a crowd this size, here we are in church, but understand your pastor's heart. There are some of us here this morning who could not really share who Jesus Christ really is. Um, and I'm not saying that in judgment. I'm just saying that statistically that, that I, I'm pretty, I, I, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, there are folks in our midst today that have not yet opened their hearts, not yet surrendered their life to Jesus. And the gospel reminds us that the greatest miracle that ever happens in a person's life is when they repent of sin, repent of that which keeps them from a relationship with God, repenting and placing their faith, believing in Jesus Christ. Repentance and faith is the message of the gospel. And so we we make a lot of that here at Three Crosses, don't we? Because we know that that is, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. But we remember that Romans 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But that implies that there is only condemnation for those who are not in Christ Jesus. Are you following that? So you may be here this morning and by God's grace he may be giving you the light, pulling you up out of the water. John spoke of the creation in 2 Corinthians 4. Paul says, let light, God said who let, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The greatest miracle in all the world is when God turns the light of the face of Christ into a darkened heart of a lost sinner. And aren't you glad if you know Christ this morning that he's done that in your life? Aren't you? Aren't you grateful that not by works, not by anything we have done, like Pastor Paul said during our worship time this morning, but by what he has done and who he is and the miracle working of regeneration when he opens and when he, when he shows us his glory in our hearts, the light comes on just like at creation when God spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light. So there may be someone here today that needs to open his or her heart to Christ, repent of sin and believe on Jesus. So we're going to pray right now and maybe that's you. And if it is, um, we invite you to embrace the gospel and flee into the arms of Christ, who alone can save. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the reminder that lost people matter to you. And Lord, we're all just, and I include myself, we just get a little selfish. We have things in our lives that distract us all the time. And the big picture is, Lord, that you, you care about every lost person on this planet and you demonstrated the greatest love when you sent your son, Jesus, who is the Christ, to live a perfect life, to suffer a brutal death, but to do it not out of martyrdom, but out of obedience to you, his heavenly father. And then three days later, rose from the grave, ascended to the right hand of God the Father, and now reigning over the kingdoms of this world. In a spiritual kingdom, one day a physical kingdom, we believe. 
Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But Lord, here we are, and you look at our hearts today, and you see what's going on in us, and some of us have had terrible issues in our lives, terrible problems, and maybe you're using, allowing those problems to shake us down to the core of our lives, to see that we need a Savior. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would show your grace to someone here this morning that needs to know that you are enough for them, that you are sufficient for them. While there are lost people all around the world, there may be some lost people right here. And Lord, you see us, you see every heart. Do your work, we ask. And if that's you, if this morning, I'm going to stop in my prayer just for a second here. And if that's you and you really believe that God has been revealing himself to you, and you're ready to leave your life of sin, repent of sin, repent of the way that you lived your life apart from God, rebellious to God. And we all have been. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is no one that seeks after God. We are all rebels at heart before the grace of the Lord Jesus shines upon us. And if that's you and you know it this morning, would you confess as a sinner you need forgiveness and open your heart and believe upon him who alone can save you from sin and give you eternal life? Right here, right now, just simple words. Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I'm a rebel. And so I ask you to cleanse me and forgive me and take residence in my life that I might follow you. Lord, thank you. And Lord, for any of us who have made that our prayer this morning, may we be assured that it is not the prayer, but in following you that we will find all the assurance we need that we belong. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. And now, Lord, we pray for a blessing, a blessing over the Christian and Missionary Alliance and all the work that's happening around the world. And we ask that you will do that work, Lord, for your glory's sake alone. And everybody said, amen.